Hello, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the seventh episode of Riverdale Season 6, Death at a Funeral. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, who I would love even if she hired a hitman to murder me, Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Mary. Always excited to talk to you, even when it's about Riverdale. I was about to say this episode was not bad, and then I realized that I only wasn't upset about it because I watched it in one point. 5x. <laughs> there were a couple scenes that I'm like, man, this is like dragging. <laughs> I, I should turn it up. But I don't have the ability to do that on the CW uh, website. I guess you can do it on Netflix. I uh, I can do it on Netflix, but also you need to get, there's a Chrome add-on um, I have for it. speeding things up. I have it. Um, I keep having to disable it because the Paramount Plus gets mad if I have it enabled. So I just I just forgot to turn it back on today. But Freaking Paramount Plus. I'll do that next time. Um, so so we watched an episode of Riverdale. Um, I I would say slightly better than last week. Uh, I even even without the one point five x. But there were certainly a few moments that I was a little bit a little bit let down. So we'll come back to that. But um, I would say out of all the plot lines, I enjoyed one of them, and I thought another one was okay. Hmm. So that'll then 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 two. I don't know and then about two that, were kind but of you so. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure, we'll, it, we'll out. figure it out. Um, now we start off this week with. I wrote a Jughead voiceover, but I don't really know if it was a voiceover because then I realized later in the episode, like the whole episode, he was just doing voiceover because it, the Jughead plot was stylized. None of the other plots were, yeah. but his plot was stylized. So I'm going to read it anyway, but I don't really know if it counts as a voiceover. It was the first thing in the episode. So whatever. It says, everything has shifted. There was an explosion at Archie's house and I lost my ability to hear. Some things I could do as before, read, eat hamburgers, kiss Tabitha, but there are other things that I may never be able to do again. The fact of the matter is, my world shattered. The question now was, how do I rebuild? What's interesting is that the things that he's not able to do again, according to his plotline, actually don't, like, literally involve hearing. So, very interesting. Yeah. Interesting choice there. Um, the other thing, too, um, this episode brings in a lot of the Rivervale-type stuff, uh, like, into the canon, which, to me, me, I am taking as further evidence that Jughead making the call to warn them about the bomb has created a paradox that is bleeding things between the two. Um, that's my official theory, and I feel even better about it than I did last week. So, for example, do you feel like that, um, let's say, uh, oh, I forgot his name, the mur- the murderer pirate guy, the, the pirate yeah. warlock, something Fogarty, do you feel yeah. like he was not a part of the Riverdale canon universe until after the yeah. timelines bled. Okay. That's that's what I think. Just because um, we had already gotten a lot of, like, Abigail's past and what her issues with the town were, um, but we had never seen anything about a lover or this weird pirate guy. So I just think that it's a way to make the Rivervale stuff still relevant to the main show, and it's it's some sort of paradox, and that's why there's powers now, too. I don't know why, but even though this wasn't that long ago, I forgot that Fangs played that character or whatever, Fangs is actor. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, this isn't going to make any sense, that the actor Joey Richter played the flashback of them. Oh, I don't know if you know, but it's somebody out there. It's a part that, that Joey Richter would have been able to play very well. So that's why I think I associated it. But I was surprised when we got the flashback. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was Fangs. Oh, look at that. Interesting. Um, so we'll get to that in just a hot second here. First, uh, we have yeah. to do the Kevin plot. Um, Kevin offers to be his dad's deputy while he's in town for a while. Yeah. And that was it. Kevin is never going to Broadway. I'm sorry. He's never going. Um, He is going to end up being the new Sheriff Keller. That is my yeah, that's, other that's official prediction. He can be the drama teacher on the side, but that's it. Um, And that was it. And that was the entire Kevin plot. He was in that scene. And then he pops up later on for another scene. But but that, 
that's yeah okay um bye kevin hi you know i i wish there was more scenes like this like individual one scenes of characters because that means that like they're all in the same universe doing things and instead this episode once again felt super segmented into chunks and i can't tell if i i you know i'm not going to but i would have to go back and watch like some other seasons pre-covid because i can't tell if this is just like a post-covid thing where they're just like separating everybody out into different units and I don't know. I think that they were doing it before, but not to this extent. Like, I do think you started queuing up, like, the first episodes that had filmed post-COVID, that there was a distinct difference, and now they just feel normal because so many have happened since. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. So, okay, the the Cheryl Abigail of it all. We spent so much time trying to figure out what their name would be when it's, like, half Cheryl, half Abigail, but apparently Cheryl's soul is gone. This is just Abigail in Cheryl's body. Yeah, but I'm, I, all my notes just keep calling her Chabigail because I feel like, well, towards the end of this episode, I think there's a hint that maybe her soul is not just gone and that that may have been a lie from Nana Blossom. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It was a real quick scene at the end. Uh, Britta, who, congrats to this actress because she has a bigger role than, I don't know, Tabitha, uh, definitely Fangs, definitely Reggie, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> like, she's coming here and, yeah. and uh, just taking over. So, Britta's like, like, hey, Nana, why is Cheryl so different? And Nana's like, oh, yeah, that's because I transferred Abigail's soul to her body. Props to Nana for just saying it like it is and not trying to hide I from Britta. Remember in season one of Riverdale when Nana, like, what could barely talk and was just in a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah. And now we're to believe that Nana Rose can uh do all kinds of witchcraft and also uh steer things and also remember the entire history of the town with perfect recall how old is she because it seems like abigail like remembered her but i thought abigail was like several generations before no there's an, abigail doesn't remember her i think it's just like ah abigail i i brought you for a reason but she's abigail's like oh yes whatever nana's name is roseanne mm-hmm. that sounds right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, yes, Roseanne. I, Maybe they just have been talking. I think, yeah, I think it's it's just that um, Abigail's spirit has been ar- about. Yeah, yeah. So apparently Cheryl's soul is just coasting around somewhere, like you said, or like sucked up into the ether. Um, but Nana apparently had an ulterior motive. She brought Abigail back to lift the Blossom family up and take back Riverdale because they used to, like, own Riverdale. Um, so mm-hmm. they, she wants uh, Abigail to take over the council members. So that brings us to a town hall meeting where, okay, remind me, it's Tony, Alice, Frank, Tony, and who's Ali- the last? Is it Tabitha? It's, it's Tabitha. Okay. And I don't think Tony is, it's Tony, Alice. Is it Frank? Frank and Tabitha. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. People, I was like, wait, who are the four? People who are all connected to the mains, but not the mains. Yes. And so, like, they're just having a town meeting. You know, Gilmore Girls walked so Riverdale could fly. Uh, and so, like, Archie's like, hi, can I have an extension on my That was the biggest insult to Gilmore Girls I've ever heard. Well, it's just about town meetings. Like, I don't know. Um, But here's, so Veronica's like, hey, everyone, just wanted to let you know my dad died, which, like, sure. But she's literally like, I know the big bad who's plagued us all is gone. You can celebrate. And it's like, ma'am, you are not doing a good job hiding that you are the reason he's dead. Not only that, but like, yes, this is awkward news to deliver, but this town should be celebrating. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not celebrating his death, but but like celebrating the fact that he's not going to plague the town anymore. Why does the town need to know that he's dead? They He got chased out of town. Why, like, I don't think that she had to share it at, like, a town meeting. I don't know. Maybe people are still sitting around being like, is he coming back? Are we safe? I would feel that oh, way. whatever. You wouldn't be living in Riverdale no, still. No, I never, Stop I never it. would. I would, get, I would get out of that town. Um, But, yeah, and so then we get um the other uh little announcement at this town hall meeting is Percival Pickens just being like, hey, y'all, uh, I love Riverdale. And I think with good luck and hard work, Riverdale can become super prosperous. Yeah. And then he's like, I've got a lot of plans. Uh, First thing we're going to do is get rid of the... And then he gets cut off by uh, Tony coming in. But she's late. What, um... What, what what do you think he was going to say we should get rid of? I don't know. Archie? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was going to be something like that. Like, we should get rid of Archie's house. We should get rid of the the uh, wrestling gym or whatever, boxing gym, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Something like 
that. Um, but yeah, Tony comes in and uh, that's where uh, Abigail is like, crap, oh my gosh, it's my lover, Thomasina. So here's where we get more of that bleeding from the universe because yeah. I still don't understand why... Okay, wait, am I thinking about this wrong? Thomasina Topaz. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess that could be a relation if her name is just passed down. Through, but she didn't have any children. Or maybe, it, think, maybe it's like I, through I, a I brother I think it would be something? she probably had a brother yeah. who then had kids. I don't know. It's, it's also totally just multiverse shit. So I don't think it has to make sense. And we can just like accept it and, and just be like, oh, of course, multiverse. And nobody looks exactly like their ancestors. That's not a thing. I, I think it might be a thing. Ugh. I don't know. This is like, I feel, wasn't this a thing in like Captain America, right? Because he gets like frozen for a long time and then he comes back and he like has a crush on like the granddaughter of like someone he used to date. Like that, yeah, see, that's weird to me. Yeah. Well, that's like, I, there's a picture of my dad's mom that looks like so much like me. It is startling. Oh, really? Wow. But like in general, I don't think we looked alike. There's just like one picture where it really shows the family resemblance. Hmm. Well, maybe, uh, maybe this is a thing then. So Britta's going to tell Abigail all about Tony. And so uh, Abigail's like, cool, well, I'll just meet up with Tony. And we're obviously going to hit things off. Except she she keeps calling her Thomasina. She's like, not even. And she's being so weird about it. Yeah. Like, she goes, she wants to adopt Britta. And it's like, oh, yeah, please tell me in depth all of the details of how to adopt her. And Tony's like, um, I have to go work at the White Worm. So no. Uh, and she's like, oh, okay, perfect. Maybe I'll see you there then. Yeah. And then she has a beer and she asks for to to put some warm butter in it. Is that a thing? Was that ever a thing to put warm butter in your beer? Um, well, it's hard because if you Google it, it just is about making butter beer. Yeah, that's why I didn't bother Googling it because I figured that would happen. But I, I feel like butter is like not a consistency. Like it's oily and, and wouldn't it separate? Like, I mean, it would be pretty hard to mix in with a cold beverage. I mean, I feel like the beer at the White Worm is probably room temperature. That's that's true. That's very true. So, uh, and then um, they talk about Thomasina, and <laughs> Abigail's like, "Yeah, she he was uh, she was murdered by a warlock pirate," which Tony does not believe. And then she's like, "Oh, that's not real." Yeah. And then Fang shows up, spitting image of said warlock pirate, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Cheryl, we forgot to tell you we're together." And um, Tony is is surprised that Cheryl doesn't seem like Cheryl because she kind of runs out of there and is talking all weird. Although honestly, not that different from how Cheryl normally talks. Yeah, it's also really funny, too, when they talk about the baby and um, Abigail's like, a baby? And they're like, yeah, you know, uh, baby Tony. And then she's like, oh, yes, and what a cherub. Yeah, 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 that was great. Um, And then then Abigail uh, locks Nana in the cellar because she insults Tony. And um, she's like, I'm gonna get back Riverdale, but first I'm gonna get my girl. Yeah, Nana's like, "Uh, you don't need that south side trash uh you are supposed to be getting us our town back and uh cheryl's like uh excuse me what did you just say about my beloved thomasina how dare you yeah i forgot this part but earlier where britta is telling abigail about like tony and cheryl she's like oh my gosh people can be queer in public now this is great (laughs) like this was not a thing years ago so um, yeah, welcome welcome to the 21st century. That's what happens when you take over your descendant's body, like, centuries in the future. Yeah, yeah, some perks here. Uh, and then Britta, so this is what I mentioned earlier, like, Britta is gonna see Abigail looking at herself in the mirror, and you can see, like, Cheryl, like, banging on the glass in the mirror trying to get out, and I assume that, like, she's not trapped in a mirror, but she's, like, still trapped in Abigail somewhere, and then she's I mean, maybe she's trapped literally in a mirror. Well, wasn't Penelope, like, inside the walls at this house? Or was that a different house? I don't know. I can't keep up the houses. No, this is, I think this is rebuilding. Who's Penelope? <laughs> Cheryl's mom. Oh, right. You've been watching too much uh, Bridgerton <laughs> if you can't mix up all the Penelopes. Yeah, too many Penelopes. Yeah. Anyway, so that was the Cheryl plot line. That was one of the ones I was just kind of, like, thought was okay. It wasn't It wasn't my favorite or least favorite because <sighs> it we're, we're just going to get what we're going to get with Cheryl. You know, she took a trip to the 
town. We get to see her slightly interact with some other characters. So there's that. It happened. I do love Britta's hair, though. She had a lot of really fun braids in this episode. I mean, I do be loving fun braids, but I didn't clock them. Okay. Yeah. There, there Was there any notable uh, costuming in this episode? You normally oh, clock I that. Liked, um, I liked when Abigail walked out in that red dress with the super poofy sleeves, which is like very high fashion. Yes. And goes, does everyone dress like a trollop now? Uh, and... Nana Rose is like, we live in fallen times. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. I also liked the outfit that she walks out in. It was not red, but it, it was like a long skirt and a sort of sequiny top that I, there was like, I don't know, like seashell looking sort of yeah, patterns on it. It was, it was, uh, it was very different because she walks out and she, I just thought she looked kind of normal. And then Britta's like, Abigail, is everything okay? And I'm like, oh, is it because she's not wearing red? Is that like why she's yeah, maybe. supposed to be off? But anyway, um, so yeah, that was that plot line and uh now we'll circle back to uh graphic novels are back baby uh jughead learns learns a new skill um so this is again with the jughead stuff it's like this section of the episode was so different than all the other ones because like you very rarely hear anyone talk it's almost all voiceover from cole sprouse Mm -hmm. occasionally you sort of hear like muted people talking and there's a lot of like writing on pieces of paper and holding it up because at this point jughead uh, pretty much lost his hearing completely. Archie finds out about it um, and he's asking if Jughead has like experienced anything weird since the explosion besides losing his hearing. I think it's interesting that like why does Archie not tell Jughead about his and Betty's powers? Because he's dumb as hell. I'm like there's no reason not to tell him and he's just like oh yeah just uh, just wondering just wondering and Jughead's like hmm that doesn't seem like a normal just wondering question yeah like hey do you have any magic power i just i'm just curious like anything yeah just curious uh totally normal question to ask and so then jughead won't be able to get like a cochlear implant um for at least like a month which should help him with his hearing um and then tabitha's like well do you want to learn sign language and he's like yeah but i won't need it once i get implants in literally a month and like i don't think jughead would be able to get fluent in sign language in a month anyways probably not but maybe they could learn like a couple quick signs that would be useful yeah he should definitely be open to learning a couple of quick signs to make things easier yeah i guess the show was like oh shoot um hard of hearing uh the sign language uh we don't have time to like teach the audience sign language they wouldn't even need anything they could use like thank you like just like a couple easy things yeah just something simple but i guess since he's able to still talk normally it's really just like what is are all of the people in his life going to learn sign language to speak back to him i guess that's not like super feasible yeah not really for like a month although who does he hang out with besides tabitha really that's true yeah except for uh this new person that we're gonna meet so basically jughead uh and tabitha like tabitha's really trying to get him to to write but he says that he's having trouble writing because he normally writes while listening to music which by the way i don't think we've ever seen but whatever um and he like misses the sound of his keyboard. So I'm not saying that people who lose their hearing you know, when they're older, like, don't have these types of struggles with, like, just the auditory sensibility of, like, doing things. Mm -hmm. But it's just interesting that this is where we went with, like, the things he couldn't do because you you, you physically can write without without hearing, you know? Yeah, I I think it's one of those things where I don't think that we would think twice about this as a plot point if we had literally ever seen Jughead with headphones on, but I don't really think that we've seen him write with music and so that feels weird um but Jughead was already having trouble writing so changing how things are on a sensory level probably isn't helping either true true uh like Jughead (laughs) for someone who claims to like writing and be a writer seems to hate writing all the time and never be able to actually do it and what could make him more of a writer than that let's be honest I I don't know I don't know uh yeah that's true writers classic procrastinate 
procrastinators from everything I know about writing. Uh, so he doesn't go to a town hall meeting and then he rides a motorcycle and gets hurt. I don't really know what the, like, the point of that was. He was just like, I've never felt more alive and everything was right with the world. Yeah, it was, I was a, like, okay. It was like a pure new moon moment. Yeah, I was like, we haven't seen you on a motorcycle in so long. Like, we, there were a couple scenes of him riding a motorcycle back in like, I don't know, season two and season three. Season one, yeah, maybe? Like one. But we really haven't seen much of it at all. Um, so then we meet Daniel, who I'm glad to see at least thus far is like a new character introduced that just doesn't seem like an immediate villain. So please, mm-hmm. please stay cool, Daniel. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get more yeah, of him or just not. Just be cool, Daniel. Yeah. But Daniel is someone who also lost his hearing later in life and now spends his time helping people who are in a similar situation. So he wants to help Jughead. So he shuts him in his office for five hours, which seems like a ridiculously long amount of time. Um, and just tells him to write his thoughts down, which Jughead is also unable to do, which again, I'm like, just, just like write your thoughts. Like, well, but what if he's not thinking? Well, then that's pretty impressive for five hours. Maybe it's just full on meditation. No thoughts, brain empty. Very impressive again. Uh, but Daniel comes back and he's like, look, I wrote this graphic novel, uh, when I lost my hearing. So like, maybe that'll help. So he reads it and then Jughead's like, oh, well, I can, I can write graphic novels. Like, yeah, that's fine. And he describes it as like, instead of, because he can't like, I don't know, hear the words or like find a way to write the words, but he can draw pictures of actions and then like describe those pictures. So, you know, it's, it seems like a great idea. Like, I'm glad that he's doing that. Um, We've never seen Jughead to have any kind of artistic talent up to this point, uh, besides his graffitiing of a crown a couple times. I think that's the only time. So uh, this is, this is, Look, look at this hidden talent we didn't know he had. Yeah, and you know what? He drew those perfect panels without even a ruler. So good work, Jughead. <laughs> he pulled out the ruler for the first one and like drew the line and the bottom line and then the side. And I'm like, that other one is way shorter. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And he just like didn't even bother to fill in the gap. I yeah, but like, then okay. yeah, when we see him with like a completed one, all of the lines look perfect, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, the movie magic. Um, And so then at the end, he's working on his uh, graph novel and i believe it's you who predicted that he would be able to hear thoughts See, and you I, thought were it, I thought it was you who had predicted that i knew one of us did but i couldn't remember th- honestly let's both take credit but i'm pretty yeah. sure it was you <laughs> i was like oh look we did that i was like okay it's gonna be something with like hearing that's gonna be some sort of superpower so he's either gonna like hear stuff far yeah. away or like whatever um, yeah. I, have I ever mentioned, I probably have, but that uh, when I was in elementary school and middle school, a friend of mine and uh, myself wrote two comic books. Very short comics. It I mean, they were like five page like comics. like something but. I've heard about. Yeah, we wrote, um, oh, I say a friend of mine, me and Rachel from the Twi-Fight podcast oh. on this network. Uh, we wrote uh, one and a half, <laughs> I think, comics. We had like an original idea in fifth grade where we were going to write like one page like comics and then just like slip them into every everyone's like cubby like every few weeks but then it took so long to make it um and it ended up being also just like very meta about ourselves because we were the characters in the comics um but yeah we we made superheroes of ourselves and we were called the poor rappers i don't remember the history of that but um we had really really cool green shirts with red polka dots that made it just look like we had like bullet wounds in us (laughs) at all times so yeah i i drew them and then rachel wrote the text and colored the pictures Wow. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a this you've given me a lot of information to unpack today. I think I think I have them somewhere. One of us one of us has them somewhere. So that'll be a thing That's to hunt funny. down when I eventually buy a house and fill it with all my childhood junk. Um Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's uh, he he writes he writes the the thing and he says you know this is a uh, unlike the Jughead opening he says this is a story not about what I've the things I can't do anymore but what about the things that I've learned to do differently so yeah great good for you Jughead um, also he calls Tabitha Tabby which might, I think might be the first time we've heard that yeah I think it's cute yeah it's cute um, all right do you want to introduce the Veronica plotline yeah so Mary has 
titled this plot line, I killed my dad, but I loved him, so it's okay. Um, now uh, this is where I have to, you know, eat crow. It appears Hiram is truly dead. He was found zip-tied and they, he was shot four times in the back of his head and then his body was burned. And Veronica tells Reggie that this happened just a few days ago and Reggie's like, wait, so you lied to me? And instead of being like, I tried to call it off, but it was too late. She just says, well, I didn't want to be judged. Yeah. And he's like, how am I not supposed to judge you? You just told me that you called a hit on your father, which I get. I mean, it's like, okay, Reggie is the person besides, I guess, Veronica, who has been closest to Hiram, at least recently. Like he, he worked for Hiram for a while. But Reggie, you should know like that, that he's a horrible person and that this happened. Like, I'm not condoning it. I'm not condoning It sounds like you're condoning murder, which is not what we do on Kowski Cast. No, but anyway, he does channel the audience and he's like, could it have been faked though? And Veronica's like, no, definitely not. So I don't, I don't think it was faked because I don't think they would tell us that it wasn't. I mean, they still might, but I can't choose to, I I can't choose to think about it anymore. Yeah. So she also tells him that they're going to host a memorial service at the casino. I mean, okay, I guess it's it's like one of the biggest venues in town. So, all right. Um, and then she's like, yeah, I might, I might tell my mom, but don't tell my grandmother uh, about it. And I'm pretty sure Hermione tried to kill Hiram at least a couple times. So, yeah, you know, it, it, every, well, many people tried to do murder in the family. Um, what do you think but- of Geraldo? I mean, I'm excited about Geraldo. Uh, I think that this is going to be uh, some drama for Veronica. You know, a man who's not judging Veronica for taking out a hit on her dad could be appealing. So Geraldo is Abuelita's godson. Yes. So that does not mean that that could they are probably not related at all. So so who is he? We really don't know. So it's like he's probably the son of like two Abuelitas uh like f- close friends okay i couldn't tell if it was like he works for her or he's just, i think like, he does like i think that um he's her godson he, they're close because of that and as a result she like takes care of him and has him as part of like the crime family ah okay classic invitation to the crime family yeah awesome sounds good so uh yeah so he's he's there and archie is going to tell veronica that he's sorry for her, her loss and um and he's like there's a lot of you know like Reggie does this at one point he does it he's like ah oh, yeah you know like uh, we joked about murdering Hiram we thought about it but neither of us would have ever done it you know uh, and she's like yeah uh, yeah we never would have except I did ha yeah, never would have so then the whole Real Housewives crew shows up with Hermione uh, who's like very being very dramatic and like clearly Hermione's a woman with you know eight years of experience being on a reality TV show so she is locked in you know knows knows how to find her light knows how to be over dramatic um, she's a star and this is the second time we see Kevin. I don't even think they really let him speak. They're just like, oh, Kevin, we know how much you love Real Housewives. So yeah, he like, says, here. thank you so much for inviting me. And she's like, yeah, I know you're a big fan. And that's it. Poor Kevin. Uh, Veronica doesn't want to reduce her feelings to sound bites for the show. So she talks with Hermione alone. And uh, Veronica is like, everybody else get out. I don't know why they couldn't have just gone to their own room, but whatever. So we have this like weird sort of, I think it's supposed to be touch this scene? Yeah, so Veronica admits the murder to her mom, and her mom is like, oh, wow, um, I totally, like, understand, and I'm so relieved that you killed your dad because it means you didn't love him more than me. Yeah, she's like, I was always jealous of your connection, your special relationship. I knew he loved me more than, or loved you more than he loved me. Their relationship as a father-daughter was so toxic and dangerous and unhealthy Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, Hermione, like, yes, she's true. She's like, say, speaking truth. It's basically the same thing that the guidance counselor said a long time ago. Like, you guys are in this, like, cat and mouse thing, and you can't, like, you're obsessed with each other in a really unhealthy way. You give each other all this attention out of anger. But, like, at least from Veronica's side, it seemed like a lot of it was truthfully, like, out of anger. Um, so... <laughs> 
I don't know. I just think Hermione's like, I'm not saying that like she couldn't have felt this jealousy, but also maybe I'm wrong. Aren't you like, aren't parents like kind of supposed to love their kids more than they love each other? I don't know. I mean, um, I don't think ideally you I, love everybody the same. But I like, don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just uh, a different type of love yeah. and like parents are not supposed to be jealous of love between the other parent and child. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird. It's like, it's a, yeah, it's a different kind of love. You're right. Um, and then Hermione says she loved it most when it was just the two of them living in the apartment together. And I'm like, yeah, like back in season one, most of the audience loved that the most too. Remember the days I mean, before Hiram. I liked the early days of Hiram. Yeah, I just didn't like it. They, they got into a pickle where they made Hiram the big bad and they're like, well, we have to, we can't just have him doing the same stuff over and over and over. It got, and yet they, they gave they him did. too much power and it got ridiculous when it's like, we can never beat this person. So yeah. anyway. So, but basically she's learned that like she still loved her dad and is like trying to reconcile that um and Hermione just straight up is like okay so can we recreate that conversation for TV please yeah like oh remember that emotional conversation where you vowed to be a better daughter like can we do that again and Veronica's just like yeah you know what mom all right sure so I don't know if we're supposed to believe that like maybe Hermione didn't really have those feelings or not I think she did but no I'm sure she did because we first saw them not on camera yeah um, and then Anatole shows up to kill Veronica, um, probably hired by Hermosa, or at least that's what Veronica yeah. believes. Uh, but right before he shoots her, Geraldo shoots him. So And through a, gl- a window. So crack shot, um, Geraldo. Yeah, pretty good. Like right into the head. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. Not an easy shot. It was a difficult angle and through a window. Um, but uh, he makes it his business to know what happens in the family and keep things away from Abuelita. I'm still, I'm very intrigued by him. Highlight of this plot line. I also do think because he is the godson, I think that it's supposed to set up like Abuelita as the godmother as like, oh, she's actually like the toughest mob boss of them all. That's my theory. Oh, I like that. I had, I never thought of that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So maybe we'll see more of Abuelita as well. Not sure. Um, then we have, maybe she's the one who did the hit on Veronica. Oh, cause she knows that would be interesting. At the funeral, Veronica says she's like, I'm not going to wax poetic about how great my dad was because he did a lot of horrible stuff, but he also did some good stuff like when he used to wrestle or, or something and uh, and when he paid for Fred's funeral and how he loves his mother. And I like this one, gave money to research for rare diseases. Was that just like the disease that he had? It was the disease he about? had, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. I mean. Hey, but it seems like he cured that disease. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, But then she apologizes to everyone for what Hiram did to them. But she's like, but, you know, maybe children love their fathers no matter how much horrible stuff they do. Uh, So while I do apologize, I will always love my daddykins. Ugh. The thing is, is I feel like I know lots of people who do not love their dads because their dads did horrible things. And I just think it's very weird to be like, yeah, no, but even though he was a literal murderer demon, I have to keep loving him. Yeah, it's a little bit like not super accurate with everyone but I guess the fact that like he was at least nice to her for a while is why she can't just step away but I mean I guess she did she killed him so okay um yeah she tried to take it back yeah yeah uh but it's fine Uh, Veronica is gonna have Thanksgiving with her mom uh at the Barefoot Contessas so should be a good meal cool and then Veronica thanks Reggie for coming to the funeral and she's like yeah you were the only one of my friends who came um well I'm pretty sure that Archie and Betty were both a little bit occupied with a serial killer situation at the time and I are you friends with Jughead did you even invite him like nothing in his plot line made it seem like he couldn't come so not really sure yeah. who all she's referring to I, I feel like they could have at the bare minimum like stuck Kevin in this scene maybe she wanted Cheryl there maybe maybe um and uh then uh you know Geraldo shows up and he's like hey I found this voice recording um of your dad that was on Anatole's like dead body so you should listen to it and I wrote the whole thing down but it's super long so I'm just gonna summarize and basically he's like hey 
Uh, I know that I one time said that I wanted a son, but actually, like, you were the best ever. I knew it instantly, and uh, despite our troubles, you're amazing, and no matter how bad I was or evil or whatever, I was testing the limits of love a daughter can have for her father, and you, like, always pass the test or whatever. So, like, I'm gonna give you my rum business as a token of my love or whatever. Haha, do you remember when we were doing our rum business and our rum war that was the best time ever and i was like that was like 10 years ago but okay was it your was it the best time ever <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing and uh i think he says those were good times weren't they uh i always wanted to be a good father to you veronica i love you so much adios mija te quiero mucho so i mean she has that you know it's like a it's like a voicemail do you think he knew that she killed him when i think he so said that i think so probably do you think that was like the thing that she did that made him the most proud like out of <laughs> anything i mean maybe like i don't know what the scenario was so anatole shows up and is like hey hiram your daughter sent me to kill you and he's like oh i'm so proud uh here can i send a message to her like a voice recording and anatole's just like yeah sure whatever i don't know i don't know how hitmen work but that doesn't sound right and like why did he still have that recording i guess maybe he was gonna give it to her but then like why didn't he give it to her the first time he came by and said that like maybe he was actually there just to give her the recording but with a gun uh uh, then got shot. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well. Um, so that's that. And uh, and we've only got one plot line left, which is the what's your kryptonite? Bet you can't guess what it is. <sighs> I hated this so much. Like, I don't think I could explain how much I hated this in words. It just made me furious. There was a time when we used to always do the Betty plot lines last because we loved hers the most and put Archie's first because we hated his the the most and now that they're in the same plot lines it's very sad it is very sad um so at the start of it all um we get archie and frank are like working on the house um so like archie's crew is back together again fixing things up but we also have like betty is trying to like squish archie's hand in a vice to see like if there's a point of pain that where he can actually like feel it and be affected by it and i'm just like why are you doing this in your kitchen right now this seems like a horrible idea because, like, I don't know. If I've just, I've watched enough, like, thrillers and horror movies to know, like, this, your power could go away at literally any time. And it would suck for that time to be while you're, like, torturing yourself. Yeah. I, but I guess, like, invulnerability is just new for him. So he's, like, really excited. Yeah. So, um, then they talk about Jughead a little and they're like, maybe we should go talk to him. He hasn't been returning any of our messages. And then, then the head Jughead plotline starts. So Betty gets a call about Glenn's car being found outside Pops, but he's been missing uh, ever since he was supposed to like go back to Quantico. Yes. I don't know, last when episode. she fired him last episode for being a sexual assaulter slash harasser. Yeah. So Betty's also getting a migraine, uh, which she's never had before. And we don't really figure out like exactly what the deal what that is but we're guessing it's some sort of side effect to her ability to see auras as a thing um so betty uh tells archie about uh the tbk and how the tbk has probably taken glenn yeah because she she also gets to this Oh, because she, she got right, a trash bo- right. um, ba- a box that had a trash bag with a foot in it. So she's like, okay, yeah, has Glenn. And apparently TBK's um, modus operandi is that he kills slowly yeah. and takes his time. Like cuts pieces off of people. Why he never cut any pieces off of Betty, I d- don't know. Because he's not a threat to her. Well, I just feel like a threatening person, like, like if I had the aura ability, I would hope that I could see threats, not just purely threats to to me but well she got a shitty power i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah exactly so uh he's like archie's like okay well careful with the tbk stuff like you know he could hurt you and she's like no it's fine i can see his aura and i'm like that doesn't protect you if you see his aura like okay you saw his aura and then he kills you like whatever um yeah she's really putting a lot of uh like uh faith in this power yeah so her and her crew of people 
people um, canvass the neighborhood with like flyers saying like be warned of the TBK. Uh, I don't know why all the males are back because I thought she fired all of them, but I, I guess they're all back uh, working again. I mean, are they the same ones? How would we ever know? I don't know. And then at Archie's home repair, one of the crewmen find a piece of palladium and Archie's like, oh, well, like this is really valuable. We could split it for a finder's fee. And uh, the guy's like, no, no, I couldn't do that. And so Archie keeps it, but he's like, oh, if you find another piece, like feel free to take that one because Archie's just giving away tens of thousands of dollars apparently, but okay. Well, but also like if the person finds the palladium, they should get something. No, I agree, but it's like give the palladium to Archie, turn it into cash and then divvy it out among all your workers, not yeah. just, the, I don't know. Um, So then the crew like goes and drinks some hot coffee and they're all like visibly like, really hot and Archie just chugs it and they're all like, what? Um, he's yeah, just how did you suspicious. drink that? And yeah. he's like, oh, uh, yeah, it's too hot. Yeah. So then Archie falls through a board in his ceiling, like he's on the second floor, mm-hmm. and he starts bleeding. So he's like, no, I must not be invulnerable anymore. My powers are gone. Yeah. And while this is happening, the TBK straight up comes to see Betty at the FBI office with Glenn's hand. And Betty, she just doesn't seem scared enough. Like after a whole season of Betty like waking up in a cold sweat, like, having flashbacks of the TBK. Like, she's very composed and is kind of just like, It's because oh of the auras. She she can see auras, so she's protected. She has no need to ever be afraid again. Yeah, it's just like, okay, just because you see that he's not a threat to you in this moment doesn't mean that you, like, wouldn't be scared to see. Like, she spent, like, a season looking for him. You'd think that she would have some sort of, like, PTSD from yeah. when she was kept in a hole in his basement. Exactly. But apparently not. Exactly. Yeah, so he, like, cuffs Betty to her couch. And then, I don't know, I guess she just gets out of it at some point. We we don't really see She always happens. keeps a bobby pin on her. So she can definitely break out of handcuffs. Yeah. So she gets home and she's like, yeah, uh, the TPK is just sort of loose around here. So be careful. And Archie's like, it's fine because I'm powerful. Except, oh, yeah, I fell through the ceiling. So maybe they, they both are like, wait, maybe the TPK is my blind spot. And maybe, like, palladium is your kryptonite I, I feel like my first instinct would be like wait maybe our powers are gone but they don't they don't even seem to consider that no no it could never be that yeah I so don't I don't understand why the sequence of events was guy gives Archie palladium he drinks hot coffee easily and then he falls through the ceiling and hurts himself it's like was well, he I not don't holding- think he had the palladium okay. with him in the kitchen maybe I guess yeah I don't know so whatever he gives Betty the palladium and uh, he's like, it, it'll like it'll be fine. I just won't have it. You hold on to it. So then the same crew member, Dennis, finds even more palladium and gives it to Archie. And I feel like Archie is like not on top of his game here. Like you just found out that palladium is your kryptonite. Just like don't accept it. I would just be like, oh, you can keep that or just like put it on that table right there. So it's like it gets handed to him like so aggressively and then he just gets hit like the second he has it. Like I feel like Archie didn't even have time to think. Yeah, I gotta kind of appreciate Dennis here for just, like, taking that opportunity. Like, most villains would, like, spend way too much time talking about it and giving the hero a chance to escape, but nah. He's like, here's the palladium. Oh, you've got it in your hand. Boom. Instantly. Get out of here. So, uh, yeah, he knocks him out, and uh, meanwhile, Betty gets a call from somebody being like, the TBK is in Sketch Alley. So she runs down there and finds a guy in a mask who's like, yeah, I was paid 50 bucks to wear this mask and tell a blonde lady to check the trash cans where there's more of Glenn in the trash cans. It's almost the rest of Glenn. She says later that she found most of Glenn. Most of Glenn, including his head. Yeah, so uh, it's enough of Glenn to think that the TBK has decided to stop messing around with him. Yeah, he he did. So Archie wakes up, tied up, uh, and the TBK is there. I I think they're just like upstairs in his house that's being rebuilt. Yeah, they're they're in his house, and the TBK is like, I'm gonna have so much fun cutting you to pieces says, um, I know that Betty, that I'm Betty's blind spot and I know palladium is your kryptonite and I know everything, uh, like, haha, time to die for you. So he's just, like, randomly obsessed with Betty? Like, what? I don't understand. I, I mean, I don't know. He probably, ha- like, when he captured Betty, like, then got obsessed with her. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So uh, this is a scene that could have been cool, except I'm just frustrated 
say that we spent like over a season being like, who's the TBK? And then it's like, okay, the TBK turns out to be random person we don't know named Dennis. I mean, it was ne- we were never going to know who the TBK was because it was like not a Riverdale killer. Also, we haven't seen And like- also bold to say we spent a whole season wondering who he is when he wasn't really in the season. No, but we 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 mentioned it a couple times. Like, oh, who's the TBK? And and I'm guessing the TBK was Dennis. Like, I, I guess theoretically Dennis could have like just worked for the TBK and then yeah, someone else could be it. Like, we never saw him like put the mask on or take it off. It's either Dennis or someone who hired Dennis. Yeah, it's kind of like a Black Hood situation where like, I'm not even sure it's the same actor necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, in, in these times. Um, but uh, this this scene goes by way too fast because it's like the TBK is not even he's not even like he's super close to Archie, like about to kill him. Um, but Alice comes in. And so then he like holds like a I don't know if it's like a, a machete to his throat or something. Yeah, I can't tell some what it is. sort of knife. Yeah. And Alice is like, I have your dog. <laughs> Bingo keeps destroying my shoes. So I'm just going to leave him here. And Archie's like, yeah, that's fine. Just leave. And I'm like, OK, girl, you live in Riverdale. You should know something is up right now. But whatever. Yeah, when Archie won't come down, but it's fine because don't forget, Bingo was rescued from dog fights. So Archie goes, kill! And Bingo launches himself at the TBK and knocks him out of the window. Yeah, and then I guess the TBK just runs away. Like, they don't really, like, the TBK keeps showing up and neither time did Betty or Archie, like, try to apprehend him really at all. Like, this is a serial killer. to be fair, Archie was tied up. Right. If Archie wasn't tied up, then he probably would have gone all punchaholic on him, most likely. So it's fine. Um, and uh, and that's the end, except for Betty says that she needs to leave town to keep the TBK away from everyone for a while. So I don't... Yeah. Okay. I okay. mean, is, is Lily Reinhardt filming something else? Like, oh, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe we're going to see her leaving town. Is this is this like a, a boy who cried Broadway situation? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea, but I just wish, if anything, Archie would be the one to leave yeah or die i wish he had just died right there yeah and um and that was the episode so a lot of things but once again just some very very disjointed plots um it's like all of the side characters who are even in a plot line like whether it be veronica's family or reggie or kevin or um alice and frank it's like each subplot has its own side characters and even those characters barely you know pop into each other's side plots yeah it is it's very bizarre riverdale has gotten weirder and weirder and i think that it's only going to continue to get weirder yeah i know i keep i keep hoping that they like get back together like pick a mystery for at least a couple episodes and just like try to solve that together but it it doesn't seem like it's happening so i think that like towards the end of the season they're gonna like figure out the multiverse but that's not gonna really happen for a long time and then what do you think is gonna happen do you think they're gonna set it right somehow i mean i don't know if they can because that would destroy like i think they'll have the same problem that they had in rivervale where it's like if we set this right people are gonna die and we can't have that yeah oh well but maybe they will and then nothing that that happened this season will have actually happened and then hiram's not actually dead and that's how he comes back i don't think hiram's coming back but it the sounds actor like... wants to come back <laughs> yeah well we have his voice right now so we'll see maybe maybe he'll leave veronica some videos that she gets to watch too <laughs> i mean I don't know. maybe so the title of the episode, Death at a Funeral, um, was both a 2007 and a 2010 movie. I think completely different movies, I believe. I'm not sure. Uh, one was a British black comedy starring Peter Dinklage. And the other one was uh, a lower rated comedy that, let's see, from the pictures, I see uh, Chris Rock. Oh, topical. Oh, and very um, topical. Oh, wait, Peter Dinklage again so maybe it was a remake uh james marsden kevin oh. hart tracy morgan huh. zoe saldana it's got like a good cast danny but Glover. what are these movies about oh that's a good question um it is let's see the the first one the british one from 2007 says uh a young man living in his father's home when his father dies it's up to him to organize his funeral on this painful morning the suitable grave expression on his face daniel is ready to welcome it wait this is just like a whole storyline um i don't know i don't know what the <laughs> what is the summary i'm not sure and then the other one aaron's father 
father's funeral is today and at the family home and everything goes wrong. So one seems more like a slightly like wacky comedy. Oh, great. Not knowing her brother is dealing drugs. It's LSD and the the fiance arrives at the funeral wildly stone. Okay, I've heard enough. So besides like planning your father's funeral, I'm not really sure what any of this has to do with anything, but... I mean, that's more than what some of the titles have had. Yeah. So uh, there we go. Great, great movies. Check them out. I don't know. I haven't seen them. Uh, Who's the most normal person of the week? Hmm. Well, I don't think it can be Tabitha. Why not? Even because it was her last time and I know you don't like to do that. Yeah, I know. She was so normal, though. Um, um, I mean, Daniel was be... probably too small. I mean, was it? I don't know. Can we give it to Jughead, even though he starts to have superpowers? <laughs> um, Sure. I feel like he was pretty normal. He was just like, oh, it's, it's hard to write. He was normal for himself, and then he writes a graphic novel. Nothing particularly odd happens in their plot line, except for the whole having a superpower thing. And that's not his fault. So yeah, sure. Let's give it to Jughead. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly no one from Betty's Archie's plot line or Veronica's or Cheryl's. So yeah, let's uh, let's uh, give it to. I Jughead. mean, it could it could be Reggie for being like, I will in fact judge you for killing your dad. That's true. Oh, all right. Who do you want to give it to more? Well, Reggie's probably had more of them. I can we give so. it to both? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, give it just you know some Jughead and Reggie love. I don't know if Jughead's ever had it. I, I have to check, but it's probably not that frequently. Yeah, if um, he has, it hasn't been much. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, so something that I've been meaning to do for a while, but, you know, we've been on hiatus for a little bit, is uh, read a couple reviews that we have. So yes. we've got some backlog reviews that I want to want to tell you about. So uh, this one, back from September, is from Irochi13, who says, Great to listen to on my commute. The world needs to hear Mary Kwiatkowski. Her experience, skills, and talent are what makes this podcast one of, if not my favorite podcast to listen to to. Is this one of those Kyland ones? Yes, this was a fake Kyland one. You will binge listen to this and then re-listen over and over again. Alright, thank you for the fake fake one. Uh, let me let me find a real one. Um, okay, this is a recent one from Haley Can who says, no more musicals ever. I'm watching Riverdale for the first time. This podcast is the only thing getting me through the ridiculousness that is season three. <laughs> Love listening to Mary and Kirsten. Oh my gosh, well, season three. You're still on the good the good parts. <laughs> just Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Uh, well, that was um, that was very nice. Thank you so much. Haley. Yes, thank you for the review. Thank you for the review. Uh, remember, everyone, feel free to leave any reviews you would like, and we'll get to them eventually when uh, we record episodes. But I think uh, I think that's it. You got anything else, Kirsten? Great chat. Great <laughs> chat. Just a nice. You know, I'm I'm I've got some allergies, a little stuffed up. You could probably tell. So uh, feel like it was a little more low key, a little more just sort of factual this week but but i'm sure you know the riverdale's gonna keep being riverdale they're gonna throw some wild stuff at us and we'll talk about it hell yeah but that's all for this week's episode thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for episode eight until then you can follow me online at frail mary on every platform and if you're interested you can check out some of the other podcasts that i've been up to recently uh most recently today of recording so tuesday i was on news af with uh rob sesternino and danny bryson um subbing for tyson while tyson he's is so unprofessional. unprofessional i can't believe he's missing these episodes it's just I disgusting know. Know. he's releasing his survivor podcast but he's missing news af for the first time ever so um i i had to step in so if you're uh, if you're interested in some news stories of the week you can check that out um kirsten what all do you have going on right now so uh bridgerton season two has dropped and those Ooh. bridgerton podcasts are coming out over on post show recaps uh, with myself, Sasha, Geneva, and Sarah. I also am talking about Temptation Island over on the Hot Dummies on Islands feed with Maggie Morgan. That's robhasawebsite.com slash hot dummies. And I still have my weekly BoJack Horseman rewatch podcast with Lindsay Wilson over at BoJack Horse Pod. And as always, you can follow me on every single platform at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. Awesome. Thank you so much. I uh, have just started watching season two of Bridgerton. I watched the first five episodes. So 
I'm getting there. Almost it's a, done. It's a different, I feel like it's a very different tone than the first season. It is. And like all of them are a different tone than the first season, but they changed the plot completely from the book and I'm furious about it. Oh, really? Because yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me that, that the plot was very different. So are, like, is any of it the same at all? Um. Well, I mean, Kate is the name of Anthony's love interest and her sister is Edwina. <laughs> okay. I will have to, you'll have to tell me what the book plot was. So yeah, that I it's can... so it's so different once you're done we'll we'll break it all down is it like do you do you like what they've done at all or do you find this story interesting or i think the story is interesting i just think it's worse than what the other one was but the feedback i'm getting is that people who haven't read the books really like the season because it's still better than season one all right everybody until next time bye And people who've read the book are like, what well, Abigail? Do you do? Sorry. Man, now I, gotta, now I gotta bleep so late in the podcast. Oh, I'm gotta... sorry. Okay, great. All right. Thank you. Thanks for that. Um, I asked, I, you I, know. I'm mad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I At least I instantly recognized. You did. You did. It's all good. All right.